0: Hello and welcome to the Training for Influence podcast, brought to you by me, Tammy Banks, director of Tay Training and founder of the Training for Influence method. But it's not just me who you'll be hearing from. I'll be joined by a selection of our expert facilitators, as well as sector colleagues and fellow organisations, all in an effort to provide important learnings for key workers, people on the front line, who are new, potentially inexperienced, volunteering, possibly agency workers, Or perhaps returning to work previously retired professionals. This podcast is not a replacement for training. It aims to highlight important topics to act as an introductory resource for those delivering services under these unprecedented circumstances. We're covering safeguarding, managing challenging behaviour, risk management, professional boundaries, equality and diversity and the Mental Capacity Act. We asked our facilitators to select five top takeaways from a course they deliver. Takeaways the delegates have fed back that are really key, or they as a facilitator think are fundamental to the session. Today, we're lucky enough to have Sam with us. Sam has been a facilitator for Tay for about three years now, and she's a phenomenal trainer. She's also the lead for our equality and diversity course. Welcome, Sam.
1: Thank you, Tammy. It's great to be here
0: it's great to have you here and thanks for giving up your time for this podcast. No problem. So Sam I'm going to um, try and introduce you a little bit here but at the end I'd love it if you would tell me if I've got this correct because this is the bio that we've got on our website for you. So Sam is a highly experienced and creative trainer with a background of working within children's centres Sam has gained an extensive knowledge in community engagement, supporting families and children at risk, and working alongside young parents, teaching life skills and child development. Delegates describe Sam's training as engaging, interactive, safe and supportive. Sam's current role is coordinating and managing group work, with the focus being domestic abuse and teen-to-parent violence, and also delivering motivational programmes for families in the local authority primarily working alongside families at risk and looked after children. Sam is trained to deliver a variety of programmes and has mentored and trained professionals from a diverse demographic, including social care, health and education, and is the lead for equality and diversity. She's been with Tay for three years now. So Sam, that is um, one impressive bio. Is there anything you'd like to add to that?
1: No, I think that's up to date and um, sounds very impressive, yeah. It does
0: sound like so as well though. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about equality and diversity and I'm going to be asking you about your five top learning points from the sessions that you've run on equality and diversity and which elements of the session really resonate with people and bring the session alive. So first of all, if you can tell me a little bit about why you deliver this training to start us off.
1: So the reason I deliver this training is when I first started on my journey with Pay it was one of the first groups that I went to shadow and it was actually somebody that was delivering I think your passion for it and the interest from the delegates just made me more inquisitive really about the challenge of starting to deliver equality and diversity and on my journey the more I delivered it the more I started realising how important it is for when you're working with anybody or even in your private life the importance of being inclusive meeting needs of people and basically it's the core of everything that we do in safeguarding criminal justice or or in our personal lives. When I talk about equality and diversity, I talk a lot about meeting needs, breaking down barriers and, um, you know, working very creatively with people.
0: Do you ever have people that think or that come along and say, but I treat everybody equally?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the first exercises that we do, it, it really shows clearly that actually though we're talking about treating everybody equally. And I think that's a phrase that's banded about quite a lot that I treat everybody equally we have to have a discussion that actually everybody cannot be treated equally because we have to be looking at how we treat people fairly and meeting the needs of that individual person before we can even start looking at equality fantastic thank you
0: as a guess how many of these sessions do you think you've delivered for Tayna
1: probably I'd say around about 90 wow yeah gosh so if you think of if
0: we do a conservative estimate because sometimes we have small groups and sometimes we have 20 people in a group so yeah. if we do a conservative estimate and say let's say we had 10 people per group I in see 900 people yeah you've influenced positively and helped to explore the real importance of equality and diversity and valuing people yeah that's quite impressive you must be really proud of that yeah I am yeah Okay, so let's have a look at some of the five top learning points then. So if you've thought back to the 90 sessions and spent a little bit Mm -hmm. of time reflecting on those sessions, tell me your first kind of top learning point and why is that important?
1: Yeah, so my first top learning point really, we've already touched on this already, and it's looking at what does equality really mean? And like we said before, some people will say, oh, yeah, I treat everybody equal. But I think it's really important that the delegates really explore the meaning of equality. For me, it is quite simply explained. What we have to do is look for equity first. Equity means fairness. So if we're looking at fairness and meeting the needs of people, then we can start looking at equality and we can't meet equality without that fairness first. I tried to make it really simple for people just to say that if we think about meeting a need then more often than not we will be meeting fairness and then that will lead on to us looking at equality. Sometimes it's impossible, sometimes you can't meet needs for everyone. But more often than not, there will be something that you could do to actually meet the needs of those people and look at that fairness that would then lead to that equality.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. And how do you get people to realise the
1: importance of an equitable
0: approach and fairness?
1: The way that I do that is alongside the training that I deliver, we have a PowerPoint presentation And we use images on that, so they're quite simple images. But also, with nearly every single exercise or discussion we have, personal experiences work really, really well. When people start thinking about real-life situations, real-life challenges that they've had, then they can start to begin to see the importance of equality and the importance of fairness, really, and that you can't do that until you've met equity.
0: There's a couple of things that you're reminding me of there, Dan, because actually the Equality and Diversity course, as you said, I was lead trainer for that many moons ago, it feels like now. And actually, I remember introducing you to the course and you coming along and having all of your experience on the front line and being so passionate about people absolutely getting their needs met and being able to have the best opportunity to live their best life. Yeah, I, I remember kind of reflecting back on it how you sat there kind of nodding and smiling along as I was going through the course. Now the course has changed quite significantly over the period of time because obviously there's been some changes and best practice and things like that. And so so it's great that those changes have happened. But there's a couple of things I was just thinking about then that you'd said you have a PowerPoint presentation and there's some people And yeah. the pictures are still the same pictures, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. Yes, yeah, they because
0: are. they're so simple and so powerful. And yeah. actually they, they need no words. And no. obviously we're doing a podcast, so I'm going to give yeah. them some words. <laughs> <that. laughs> but quite a lot of people will probably have seen the pictures on their social media. And they are pictures of some children trying to watch a sports map. Yes. And the children are trying to look through the fence. And there's difference in size of the children, isn't yeah. there? And yeah. the first picture is them all standing next to each other, being treated equally, and the fence is too big. And so the short yes. and the middle child can't
1: see over the fence, can they? Well, the shortest boy can't. So they all have the same size box each and still the smallest boy can't see. Ah, uh, yes,
0: that's it. The, the, yeah. They're
1: treated equally by being yes. the same size box and the little child yes. can't see. That's uh, right. But then it goes one step further, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So then on the next slide, the little boy is given two boxes and the tallest boy has no box. So you've met the needs of the small boy then with him having two boxes. So what you've met there is fairness. So he can see. So now they can all see the The middle boy has one box. The smallest boy has two boxes, and the tallest boy has no boxes to stand on. So they all can see.
0: Yeah, which is really, really fantastic. And yeah. great, these personal adaptations have been made. But actually, what I really like is about two years after I first started delivering the equality and diversity course another picture then came out didn't it and yeah. now there's a third picture where none of the boys are standing on boxes and yes. actually they've got a wire fence in front of them absolutely so no adjustments need to be made and yeah. nobody feels as if adjustments are being made specifically for them so that's about that's right. the barriers as well isn't
1: yeah it? yeah
0: And so what about your second top takeaway then? So the first one has been actually really having a true understanding of what equality means to you. Yeah. What's your second top
1: takeaway? So, My second top takeaway is all around diversity, really. It's about recognising, valuing and taking account people's different backgrounds, all their knowledge, all their skills and all their experiences. Those make us up as different people. And again, on our PowerPoint, when we start talking about diversity, it's displayed as a jigsaw. And I think this is really, really brilliant. How I explain it to delegates is if we imagined ourselves as jigsaws, our bodies would all be made up of different jigsaw pieces and each one would have something on it that would make us all diverse, whether that's brown hair, blue eyes, our face shape, just start with our heads and then inside. You go into, like I said, your experiences, your skills, your background, your work experiences, personal experiences that make us all so diverse from each other. And I think it's so important that we understand and we take on board how different we are, but how equally valuable we are as individuals, whether that's who we work alongside as colleagues, whether it's who we work alongside as service users and it's who we live alongside in our personal lives. Sometimes this can be quite tricky because we do an exercise around sharing examples within the training. So some of the things on these jigsaw pieces will be culture, skills, language. So what I ask them to do is think about personal examples where they've met a need for somebody I always use language like that in our training and ask them in pairs just to share examples and then we share it within the group. So if I shared one of my examples when I was a family support worker, I used to have to use translators quite a lot of the time when I worked alongside families that English wasn't their first speaking language. Things such as when I run groups, I always have to think about maybe having things printed differently or does it need to be more pictorial? I use music a lot in my groups because I think some people learn more that way. So even that is in like thinking styles. So once you start giving those kind of examples, I think delegates can then start to really share and think about their practice.
0: Great, so you've explained that the beginning part of the session is ensuring that delegates really have a true understanding of equality and diversity and what it really means to them and actually that they're connected to the topic as well Yes. and the relevance. And then you move on to the legislation. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the Equality Act?
1: So the purpose of the Equality Act 2010 is to address unfair treatment and help ensure equal opportunities in the workplace and the wider society are addressed and followed. Oh,
0: great. And it replaced a lot of previous legislation, didn't
1: it? That's right, yeah. It replaced a lot of the previous anti-discrimination laws with one single act this happened to make things simpler to make things easier to understand and to remove any indiscrepancies that might have been there and any inconsistencies it also begins strength and protection for some groups that there were no laws there for before
0: so your third key learning point sam is protected characteristics directly to the legislation that you've just talked Mm. about can you remind yeah. me what those
1: characteristics are? Yes, yeah, so there are nine of them, and these are age, disability, gender reassignment, marriage and civil partnership, pregnancy and maternity, race, religion or belief, sex and sexual orientation. And it is important to look through these and share examples related to the delegates so they get a clear understanding about them, so that if ever they felt they were being discriminated against, they could identify under which protected characteristic. And I think it's also important that they understand that everybody has protected characteristics. So we all have a protected characteristic, no matter who we are. We all have one. Absolutely. And I think with um, equality and diversity,
0: that's quite a key learning point in itself. that that's to recognise, actually. We're all in this together. For key workers in particular, and people working on the front line, recognising that about themselves personally, and then recognising how their behaviour impacts other people, and actually the power they also have to advocate for their customers and for their clients with regards to their protected characteristics as well, because there's that whole balance, isn't there, in society of power and systems and where each of us having our own individual voice And some people feeling more confident to stand up for their protected characteristics and recognise when they're being discriminated against. Some of our customers won't understand it at all, won't realise that they're being discriminated against and Mm. certainly won't recognise that there's legislation there to protect them. Yeah. So if our delegates can walk out of the sessions recognising that on behalf of themselves and on behalf of their client group, then Mm. that's exactly what we're aiming to achieve, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it is an important part of the training that we look at those protected characteristics.
0: Fantastic. And the fourth key learning point that you picked out for today?
1: Yes. Yeah, so as we've just been looking at protected characteristics and we mentioned discrimination, it's a really important part of the training that we look at the definitions of discrimination that we've pulled out of the Equality Act 2010. And we do this by doing an activity where we use the definition straight from the Equality Act and we ask delegates to match the term to the definition. The terms that we're talking about in discrimination are direct, indirect, direct by perception and direct by association, victimisation, reasonable adjustments and harassment. And how many
0: people, out of your 90 sessions, take a guess for me, a guesstimate. Yeah. How many people have matched all of them right? Or how many groups? Because you do it in groups of... Um, you three do four, it.
1: You? Yeah, yeah. You do it in groups of three and four. So I'd say probably, if we look at percentage, I'd probably say it's about 45% that get it right. That get all of them right? That get all of them right. Because wow, there is- are two... Yeah, there is two that they get mixed up every time. So that's the direct discrimination and indirect discrimination. So when we talk about direct discrimination, the definition would be it occurs when one individual is compared less favourably than another individual. Quite simple. Where the indirect, it occurs when a condition, rule, policy or practice applies to everybody but in particular, disadvantages someone with a protected characteristic. With a direct, it occurs where one individual is compared less favourably than another individual. So what we're talking about there is very simple. So an example I could give there would be somebody coming to my house and trying to get down my path who's disabled, they wouldn't be able to do it because I'd got steps. That would be direct discrimination if I'd said to them, oh, yeah, you come to my house, you can get in easily, it's no problem. Yeah. It is a problem. I can't meet their needs, but I'm telling them it's okay. So I'd be discriminating against them directly. Okay. Yeah, so indirect. So when we're talking about it occurs when a condition rule, policy, or practice applies to everyone, but particularly. So my favourite simple example for indirect discrimination. Yeah
0: is when it is an organisational policy or process. In fact, I had one where I was having a conversation with somebody where all of their induction training all happened at head office and there was no consideration. It was a case that the training department had just made a decision that it'd be easier for it all to happen at head office that was passed and that was something that was agreed and actually that made significant difference to this individual's life because yeah. she worked quite far away from the office and she also suffered with chronic fatigue syndrome and it lent okay, yeah by about four and a half hours the Mm-mm. round trip traveling and she just couldn't physically do that and then take in the information as well now no purposely discriminate against her as an individual but the mm. process that they put into place absolutely discriminated against her
1: yeah.
0: and all of the definitions for the discrimination will be in the podcast yeah. show notes so if anybody does want to read up on the definitions for all of the different types of discrimination please do look at the show notes so sam your fifth and final point then this is one of my favorites i love watching delegates when this happens so your fifth and final point yeah. out was unconscious bias. So thinking back to when I used to deliver this course, there were a lot of people who hadn't even heard the term unconscious bias. Yeah. But times are changing and actually the terms are a little mm-hmm.
1: bit more um, fashionable and a little bit more understood now. Absolutely. Unconscious bias is really interesting because like you have just said, everybody has unconscious bias. And within the training, we show a clip that explains it really, really simply and really well. I'd say about 3% of delegates have heard about unconscious bias. Still not many people, but more than when I first started three years ago. If we're thinking about unconscious bias and what it is, the way I like to explain it is unconscious bias is just when we think about making a prejudgment without thinking about it. It happens unconsciously that's what we're talking about so when we're talking about being prejudiced and everybody else say oh, I'm not prejudiced I don't make judgments about people we all do we all have this unconscious bias within us and it's really important especially when we we're working with service users our families at risk that we challenge it.
0: So when you talked about the clip with the unconscious bias I'm just yeah. going to repeat the main question of of the clip, for our listeners, because I still use this all of the time, and in fact, I did it on my children just the other day, just as a bit of a joke as well. But within the clip that we do on unconscious bias, it talks about the fact that a bat and ball cost one pound ten p, and it says that the bat costs one pound more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? And you're supposed to answer really quickly, and ninety percent of people answer really quickly, and they say ten p. Ten p. In fact, even on the clip, it says university graduates ten <laughs> p. When you think about it and you process the question, you realise that actually the ball must have cost five p. Because the bat costs one pound more than the ball, and the bat and ball together cost one pound ten p. Now that sounds ridiculously simple when I explain it, but actually that's what helps mm-hmm. the penny drop for people, isn't it? For you to then go on those examples with the service users. Just like when people walk in the room with equality and diversity, they very quickly say, I've not got any conscious bias. And part of the learning of the session is actually saying, of course you do, but that's okay because we all do. And as long as we can mitigate that unconscious bias by going through a process of fact checking our thoughts and colleagues and people around us then actually it's okay to have an unconscious bias. We just need to recognise it, challenge it and mitigate
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit like permission giving, doesn't it? Yeah, and when we look at how we challenge it, it's really important that we go through that. It's about reflecting, sitting back and taking time to reflect on maybe things that are happening. Because just due to us, things that we've experienced, things that are deeply ingrained in us, they all influence our judgments. And if we're reflecting and taking time to look at those judgments, we will be challenging our unconscious bias.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important to introduce people to the unconscious bias. Yeah. Because it's not until we know that it exists that we can challenge it in that way. And I think we all have a real professional responsibility to recognize and understand our unconscious bias, because Mm -hmm. we do have that different frame of reference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sam, thank you very much for being our guest host on the Training for Influence podcast today. It's been brilliant to hear from you and your top five learning points from the Equality and Diversity sessions.
1: Sam, is there anything that you'd like to add or say to the listeners? What I'd like to say is, The equality and diversity training that we deliver is very much about delegates sharing their own examples within the group. And what that does is help connect and help those delegates learn from each other and maybe give them new ideas around how they can meet needs for other people, service users, maybe just a colleague that they might sit next to in the office. I talk at the end about sharing good practice, what we could do, just very small things about inclusiveness just sharing a calendar of religious festivities is something about quality and diversity and it's all those little things that then we can start expanding upon within our lives really thanks so
0: much for listening today we hope it's been time well spent i'd like to finish by saying a huge thank you whether you're working or volunteering on the front line with vulnerable and or complex people a manager supporting a team or part of the cogs that keep the wheels of a frontline organisation turning. Truly, thank you. It's only together that we can help people stay safe and prevent harm and abuse. Please don't forget about yourself though. No one, no matter how amazing, can pour from an empty cup. There is a reason emotional resilience features in all our courses, irrelevant of the subject. It's because it matters. You matter. Take care of yourself. If you'd like to know more about me, Tammy Banks, Tay Training or the Training for Influence methodology, please have a read of the show notes. You can also find us on all social media platforms at Tay Training or contact me directly via email tammy at taytraining.org.uk. If you hadn't noticed already, I love to talk. Have a good day.